0: Welcome to the weekly Mission Red Bank podcast, helping the body of Christ build itself up together in love. In 1998, I was 48 years old and my husband and I together had grown in the Lord for 24 years and had followed him. Over those years, we had come to be, believe because we had been taught that the bible was god's true and loving message to his people we were to believe it read it do as it is instructed us and then pass that on to others so that's what we did as a result at this particular time we were involved in various ministries of different kinds both together and singly my favorite ministry that I was involved in at that time was a, group of small, a small group of women at the church I attended. These were life-giving gatherings where I experienced some beautiful uh, ministries of the Holy Spirit. There was so much of what I felt like pure joy in my relationship with Christ and in what I was doing. But little did I realize that that joy that I was experiencing was soon to be accompanied by a journey. The beginnings of which were the greatest fear and the greatest disappointment and pain I had ever experienced or ever would experience My life was going to change in ways I couldn't imagine and I couldn't uh, predict. It was a very difficult time. It began when my husband started undergoing uh, neurological tests, a battery of which ended in the um, diagnosis of early onset Alzheimer's disease or young onset Alzheimer's disease, as it's called now, he was only 50 years old. The di- that diagnosis came the same month that my mother passed away. So as I began to try to navigate these two upheavals in my life, the time of ministering to groups and walking in that loving community began to diminish. A couple of years into the journey, Um, When I could no longer leave Gary at home alone, my world was becoming even smaller till I found myself feeling totally alone. Friends dropped away because they didn't know what to do for us or how to care for us. Our church was undergoing a complete change in staff at the time, and we fell through the cracks. None of the new pastors knew us. I I remember experiencing several days at a time when the phone didn't ring and I had no contact outside my home. I began to feel totally abandoned by the people that I really felt like truly should care for us. On one particular day, I found myself on the treadmill crying out to God, telling him I want my ministry back. I want to go back to that place in my life where I was experiencing joy and where my world was right. That was the most difficult day. Fast forward to today. My life has once again changed in ways that I never predicted or imagined. First, we're going to pray. Then we'll look at two Passages of Scripture before I tell you the rest of the story. Let's pray. Lord, we want to hear from you today. Would you open our ears to hear the voice of our shepherd? And would you move our hearts to follow as his sheep? Amen. So Tim just read for us the passage from Matthew chapter 9. Let's look at verse 36. It said, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. When sheep are without a shepherd, they wander about aimlessly. They can get hurt. They can fall prey to uh, predators or they can become sickly with no one to tend to them. Then if their coats are not shorn frequently enough, they become cast down. They literally fall down on their backs, cannot get back up onto their feet and they die. Sheep are animals in need of a great shepherd, a good shepherd or a button that they can press and say, I've fallen and I can't get up. (laughs) I couldn't help myself. I just had to. (laughs) But here Jesus is comparing the people of Israel to shepherdless or leaderless sheep. They had leaders though, didn't they? Haven't we seen them operating throughout the gospels to protect the Israelites from the ministry of Jesus to try to trip him up at every turn, to keep him away from them. They had leaders, but these leaders were not effective shepherds. They didn't. Their uh, shepherding, their leading, did not result in life-giving ministry the leadership or shepherding that they were experiencing was leading to their being harassed and helpless as sheep without a shepherd. Hundreds of years earlier, the prophet Ezekiel had spoken of such a time, a time when Israel's leaders or shepherds were not caring for the sheep. The account was in our Old Testament reading. Listen to this. Ah, shepherds of Israel who have been feeding yourselves. Should not shepherds feed the sheep? You eat the fat, you clothe yourselves with the wool, you slaughter the fat ones, but you do not feed the people. The weak you have not strengthened, the sick you have not healed, the injured you have not bound up, the strayed you have not brought back the lost you have not sought and with force and harshness you have ruled them. So they were scattered because there was no shepherd and they became food for all the wild beasts. With force and harshness, you have ruled them. So they became like sheep without a shepherd. Like sheep, God's people need the care of a good shepherd. These shepherds in Israel in the time of Ezekiel were leading with selfishness, with force, and with harshness and neglect. So God decided to, to shepherd the people himself. How did he do this? He came to us in the form of Jesus Christ, his only son, to be our good shepherd, to care well for us. Then in the next chapter of Matthew's gospel, Jesus tells us how he's invited people among the flock, sheep to work with him to shepherd the people. This is a call that Al and Ethan and I have heard, others here as well, and we're trying to steward today. We're sheep ourselves. We're working to be faithful, loving shepherds to all of you. It's hard. Not because of our own inadequacies or our own struggles, but because of your struggles and the fact that you have been cared for by shepherds in your past who have left you with unattended wounds, neglect, forcefulness, and harshness. Over the past three weeks, Al, Micah, and Matthew have called us to heed God's call to worship him with every area of who we are. While we know this is something he's calling us to communicate and to encourage, we've considered the fact that it might be difficult for some of you uh, to trust God and to trust us so that you can say yes to this call. So we thought it might be good for me to share some of my story with you to show you how Jesus became my good shepherd, caring for my needs and worthy of my worship. I told you about the fear, struggle and wounding that I experienced those years ago. Now let me tell you how the good shepherd met me, transformed me and taught me some of the greatest lessons of my life. That day on my treadmill, after crying my eyes out and telling God that I was hurting and what I desired, he spoke to me. Now, this hasn't happened very frequently in my life. But I could almost hear his audible voice, that still small voice, saying to me, I have a new ministry for you. That's all he said. I knew that it would be a ministry behind closed doors where very few people would see or know. I knew it would be hard. And I knew that it would last as long as God himself determined it. I knew that it would end in widowhood. But that day, as soon as I heard his voice, I was filled once again with joy and peace. My attitude changed. I began to serve my sweet husband with new energy. I no longer felt alone because I knew that my good shepherd had revealed himself to me and he was walking with me. I came to know him in ways I never would have apart from Alzheimer's disease. I knew that he was with me every step of every day. And I experienced this in his answering of seemingly small, insignificant prayers when I would pray to find something that my husband had misplaced or I had misplaced or prayed to help me discover what to do in difficult and stressful situations. I think the biggest lesson that I learned was how to serve a, another person without expecting anything in return it's a huge lesson there in the middle of my worst nightmare I was learning how my life was meant to be total worship continual worship of my God I would feel left, let down again by the church in the future But through being a caregiver, my shepherd had taught me to trust him in the midst of human failures. And now he's brought me to this place. This, to me, is a green pasture. It's a place of safety where I can be open about my frailties and my struggles. I can make mistakes, and I have made plenty of mistakes. I can fail in my walk with my Lord and I can confess and never once in the five years that I've been here have I been shamed or criticized or rejected for making human mistakes instead I have found shepherds here who come alongside me and work to restore me to me understand what it means to repent and to turn away from those things and to follow the shepherd once again. Do you realize what a blessing this place is and how difficult it is to find a place where we can walk in freedom with our God. So Mission Red Bank, let's heed this call to seek the Lord and worship Him with all of our lives. This is going to take time. It's not going to be easy, but it's worth it because He's worth it. Begin to seek Him and His kingdom above all things and experience how He's with you every situation, every step of your day. Then come together When we gather, pray, sing, pay attention to his voice and his presence here. Let your worship of our God on Sunday come from a place of overflowing worship of your walk with him throughout your week. Amen. You've been listening to the Mission Red Bank Podcast. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to know more about Mission Red Bank or have questions about what you've heard today, you'll find us on Facebook. Grace and peace to you, and may God's blessings surround you.